But I think the, the, the truth is to be blunt about um, what the product was. The product was human flesh and, and the, the commodification of human beings. Um, and to do that, the camera has to be neither prurient. You can't enjoy the moment. You have to sort of thwart the moments when you're on a porn set or, or, or in, a, in the room of a brothel or something like that. Um, but you also can't be Puritan. You can't be from on high alluding to this, alluding to the product and, and sort of looking down upon the, the sex workers and sneering. So you have to sort of land it somewhere in the middle where you're not doing it to titillate anybody, but you are I- expressing exactly what the product is. You're, you're being blunt about what the industry was. So we shot it thinking about every frame of film. You know, uh, I have to cop to this issue of sneering. I, I once thought it would be hilarious to write my Christmas column from a, a brothel in Carson City. And, the, you know, the first part of my reporting experience and the first paragraph were pretty funny because, you know, the... What was your the, lead? Uh, oh, jeez. I truly don't remember the lead. I do know that uh, the phrase ho, ho, ho figured prominently (laughs) (laughs) in the top of the story. But, but by the middle of my reporting experience and by the middle of my uh, subsequent column, the thing took a very big turn. It was was among the most heart-wrenching experiences of my life to talk to these women. Right. Well, I mean, the thing about every profession, no matter how, you know, whether it's a recon marine or a drug dealer or a sex worker, there is an internal language to the life and an internal humor because human beings will look for a joke in anything. They'll demonstrate their wit no matter where you put them. So that's something that I found is like an incredible commonality is wherever you go, there you are. People are people. Um, And no matter how much damage has been done, Gallows humor. Sometimes or sometimes just, you know, irony or self-effacing or, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, on a drug corner, you know, the, the guys who are touting and the guys who are slinging drugs, they have their own vernacular of humor and of wit and of, um, of reality that is just, you know, poignant. Yeah. You know, I, uh, my whole career um, in some respects goes back to a Christmas piece that I did um, – I was at the Baltimore Sun. It was 1985, Christmas of 85. And I went up to the homicide unit and I brought him a bottle of scotch because all year long we were calling those detectives for, you know, three times a night. You know, anything going on? You know, uh, you got another one? What, you know, what block number? 1400 block of Durham? You know, mm-hmm. who's the victim? You know, you're just calling all the time and bothering them. So it seems like you got to bring him a bottle on Christmas. But when I was up there, I sort of hung out. It was a quiet night and I spent Christmas Eve just bullshitting in the homicide unit for about four or five hours. And uh, they caught a cutting, um, you know, small case. It wasn't a homicide. Anyway, I just started taking notes. In fact, I took most of my notes on the back. I didn't bring a notepad, so I was taking them on the back of like one of those while you were out pads. that I uh-huh. wrote It wasn't it as, yellow journalism. It was pink. It was pink journalism. Anyway, I, I got back to the newsroom, and the next day I wrote it up as Christmas in the homicide unit. I mean, you know, God bless us all, everyone. And uh, the column ran. And it got a lot of response. And the detectives were cracking up because they were like, you know, we didn't know you were writing anything. And I, I said, well, you know, until I got up there, I didn't think of it. But they were okay with it. Uh, but while I was up there, a detective named Bill Lanzi, uh, late, great Bill Lanzi, um, really good detective, 
he said to me off you know, in the middle of this cutting when some witness was going off on, on why somebody needed to have been stabbed, uh, he said, you know, if somebody came up here for a year and wrote a book, they'd have it. <laughs> and I, I remember that. Right. So like a year later, we had a, str- a newspaper strike at the Sun. Uh, and I was pissed at management. And they took back some medical. So I was mad. And I, I kind of needed a year's leave of absence. So I, I wrote the commissioner and said, can I come into the homicide unit for a year as an intern? I won't report while I'm in the unit, but I'll, I'll write a book. And incredibly, he said yes. But it all came back to that one Christmas of, so you were in a brothel in Carson City. I was in a, in a homicide unit in downtown Baltimore, but we both had the same impulse of, you know, here's something that's not so goodwill toward men, you know, let's, let's see if we can make something out of this. When did you first enter a newsroom? Uh, with my father, Washington Star. Old Washington Star, he was delivering a press release to the religion writer at the Washington Star. He was the uh, head of communications for the B'nai Brit. 